the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Forgiveness. It's a lot easier than you think and a lot harder than you think. Let's talk about that next on this edition of Truth For Today. Join us. One of the easiest things to do, yet one of the hardest. Forgiveness. And there is a place of forgiveness in God's church, and that's what we're looking at today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there. Welcome to the program. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 12, and we're looking at the place of forgiveness in God's church. Please join us as we are encouraged to walk in the footsteps of our elder brother, the Lord Christ. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast. An unteachable child that is not correctable is headed for penitentiary. It's a danger to society. And so he's saying, you guys have inflicted enough pain. It's sufficient. The majority finally stepped up and dealt with it. And so he's commending them. And then he said, this is what he tells them. And he's been offended the most. It was personal. And he's telling the church, please forgive I'm in this with you. This is what we ought to do. Once you've disciplined him, once he's repented, once he wants to come back, listen to the kind, kind uh, heart of the pastor of Paul. He said, hey, the punishment's sufficient. Now you ought to what? Forgive. Wow. Beautiful. Forgive him. He's repented. But he hadn't said this until he repented. Comfort him. Come alongside of him and say, you're going to make it. We're going to lift you up. And then, why do you do this? You don't want him to be overwhelmed with excessive sorrow, the shame, and maybe the embarrassment. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote was to see if you would stand the test of obedience in everything. I was was writing you, will you do what I tell you? Will you carry out my, I said, forgive. I said, reaffirm. It's quite interesting. I've seen in the church, what's easy to do with the, uh, the sinning brother, the forgiven one, whoever it is, is you can keep them on probation from now on. Uh, You know, you hear this comment, I'll never trust you again. I'll never, you hear that that's like a, a virtuous statement. You know what? Maybe you don't have a forgiving heart. Because there's all kinds of life. Well, if I forgive them, they'll be bold enough to do it again. If I forgive them, they won't think I'm taking their sin serious. If I forgive them, they're going to just use me. If I got all these excuses, why not to do it? Let's use that on God and you. Have you ever done the same sin two days in a row? The same sin. 
Yesterday, Lord, I said, I'm sorry and ask you for forgiveness. Okay, just never do it again. Have you ever heard him say that? Now, he did tell some guys, go and sin no more. Okay, break with it. So the next day, you do it. God said, no, if I forgive you, you'll just do it again. You don't take my forgiveness for real. No, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, why do we do this with people? Why is all your forgiveness always so conditional? Conditional. Conditional. And yet I come to God, I forgive you for Christ's sake. Because the final thing, I make three P's out of this. The pain caused by sin, the penalty do it, and then the payment for it. Why is God free to forgive me? Because he skirts over it. He, he's a... Um, a dishonest parent. He doesn't carry through. No, the cross. The cross set Christ free to forgive you. There had to be a huge payment. And according to Romans 3, the cross satisfied the righteous wrath of God against your sin. So forgiveness is the overflow of what Christ did when he paid for our sin. Now, we as believers ought to be operating. I am a forgiven sinner. I'm only passing on what I've received. Ephesians 4.31, forgive each other as your Father has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. I'm not doing anything the Father hasn't done. I'm not doing anything the Son wouldn't do. Because our God is a forgiving God. And he, and he doesn't accuse us of playing him. Look at the story of the prodigal son. Hey, the dad never went to the far country. The dad never said, uh, I've got a condition. Don't you ever come back? If you ever pull that again, you're out of here. He just says, if you come back, I'll throw a party. Come back. I, I want to put it behind us. Some of you have never forgiven, and you're a wreck, and you deserve to be. Because the one you set free the most from forgiveness is yourself. You. I released it. I I let it go. You know, uh, Leviticus, they had the story of the scapegoat. They confessed the sin. And they would send it out into the wilderness. And it was a Hebrew word to get so far out, get so lost, that that goat could never find its way back to camp. Now, God says, I've taken every bit of sin you've ever done, and I've heaped it on my son. And if Jeffrey Dahmer had really, truly believed, only he and God knows that. Could God let him go to heaven and not violate his justice? What about the murdering thief on the cross with Jesus? And all he said is, I'd like to be with you in your kingdom when you get there. He said, you got it made. You believed in me. I'll forgive the murder, and I'll see you there. Do you have that kind of gospel, or are you just the opposite of the gospel we preach? Don't cross me because I'm never going to let you forget it. And I'm going to shame you. And I'm going to remind you because you're messing with someone greater than God. God can forgive, but I won't. You're in a desperate state of mind. You need to be forgiven. 
You need a change of attitude. Let me tell you what happens when people repent and when people get forgiveness. He said, I forgive because I don't want Satan to get an advantage. I tell this story in 1975, uh, as I recollect. Uh, I was invited to a out-in-the-woods church by a guy. They didn't have the money to uh, buy me a ticket to get there. They had no money to give me when I got there. Uh, when I was taken back to the place, there were elk trails and deer trails. We were going back. I knew I was going to see Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett. <laughs> I mean, this thing just kept going back, going back. And so all of a sudden, I'm in this place, didn't even have a gas station. I mean, it was just a, uh, like a village. If there was that much back, back in Oregon. And uh, when I'm coming there, uh, the pastor had sons, and they were talking. And and we pull up uh, to the church parsonage, and and the guy says, "Uh, don't mind the holes in the uh, parsonage. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I just had a man shoot up the place. I said, wait, 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 wait. I'm from Richmond. I mean, you say shoot up, honey. I, I, I ain't thinking of elk season. He said, yeah. I said, what happened? He said, well, we had to deal with a girl sleeping around in sin, wouldn't repent. And so we had to uh, put her out of the youth group. And her father, who happens to be a logger, came up here and shot up the parsonage. The wife and three boys in it. I said, you, you kid. I said, you want me for a Bible conference? <laughs> Good night. I, I'm not going to Vietnam. <laughs> and he goes on. Oh, he said, by that, by the way, he said, last month, uh, one of these dog guys beat up me and one of my deacons. I said, what am I doing here? I'm from the Bay Area. I'm not claiming to be an Oregonian logger. I'm going to go with the safety. And he said, yeah. I said, well, what happened? He said, I was teaching a Sunday school class Sunday morning. And this irate, another irate father about one of the girls in the youth group, something. He came in, and this deacon was a man in the lobby. Had to, this guy weighs in on him, starts beating him up. The pastor, who's 6'5". Uh, 280, uh, so went out there to rescue this guy. And, and this angry logger guy ripped out. He showed me. He said he took on his co- coat jacket. He ripped out the arms from the shoulders down on both of them. Had the man pinned. And the pastor had to knock him off. He needed the bodyguards I got. And so this church was having all these, I mean, severe things. I preached there Friday Saturday, uh, Sunday night, we're wrapping up, and I had some uh, uh, students that I had had in college that were going to seminary in Portland. They come over to be in the meeting, and so we were going to get together afterwards. But when I tried to end that meeting that night, it was like the Spirit of God lay like heavy, heavy across that meeting. Uh, it was so heavy. I didn't know what to do. I literally told the people as about our heads, I don't know how to close this meeting. There might have been 70 at the most, maybe 80 people, if that many. 
So I finally said, you know what, folks? I said, uh, I feel God is saying he wants this church to repent. And you need to get right with this pastor. I don't know what's going on. I've heard some horrendous stories. I don't know what's going on in your hearts. I don't know. But it seemed like the Spirit of God will not let me go. You need, I said, Pastor, I, I want you to come right here. Ron, you go stand there. And anybody that's got ought, anybody that's uh, at odds with this church, whatever, you, you need to come because I think you're at the crossing points. He's either got to leave and let you destroy yourself or you got to repent and start all over. I tell you, we just waited. Just waited. Pretty soon, people started forming in an aisle like this. After an hour, I gave up. I said, I'm going over to the parsonage. I invited these young men. Come on, let's we'll have a cup of coffee. They had to be back in Portland to go to school. I said, come on, we'll, we'll get together. They kept coming for two to three hours. Weeping, confessing, repenting, weeping, repenting. It, it just, it went on and on and on. What do you think happened to that church? It split wide open in revival. People started being saved. Church started growing. Relationships started healing. Uh, all the gunk got out. All the gunk. And you know what a lot of our churches need? If we just formed the middle aisle and you'd come up and start repenting. Don't talk about revival. You've got to talk about repentance. All we want, God, give us more people. We don't need more people. We need to be a better people. We need to be right with God. Are you right with your brother? Are you right with your wife? Are you saw in the house in two? When's the last time you asked your wife to forgive you or she asked you or your children? Oh, it goes on and on and on. But we do this in the church. I, I don't like this. Well, I, mm, 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 uh, uh, so you're part of the problem now. You're not a part of the solution. Because you've never... Because I hear Daniel, I'm praying, Lord, for Israel. We as a nation of sin. Daniel, you didn't. You're one of the most righteous men that ever lived in the Bible. Ezekiel said you're one of the three most righteous men God's ever worked with. And you're praying in Daniel 9, forgive us, Lord. We've sinned. We've gone after other gods. We've done the. Daniel, you didn't do it. He said, I identify myself with the corporate entity called Israel. You know what some of you do? If you don't like Valley, you just find another church. You won't lose any sleep repenting and seeking God's face. Because we're in a church choose. If I don't like it, I don't like the music I'm going to. Because there's so many of us, we're not married to God's church. We're married to our pleasure, our little buzz zones. If I don't like sermon, I'll get another one. You, you know what? You need to repent and fall in love with this church. Would you stand with it even if it was in hard times? You'd probably drop your membership at Corinth. Paul didn't tell them to drop their membership. He said, deal with the problem. Deal with the problem. You're not going to have a church without problems because people like you and I attend. 
and we get miffed and we get cross and we get critical and we get the, you know, we just need to get all the gunk out, repent, drop all the grievances and start fresh. I was, uh, I studied at church, Peninsula Bible Church, when I was doing my doctorate, Ray Stebbins Church. It was a big church on elders and all like that. So I went over there and I'd go to elders meetings and I met with Ron Ritchie and, and different ones. And Ron tells me the story that they had a guy in their uh, home Bible study. And uh, he messed up bad. Started seeing another woman. Lost his marriage. Embittered his kids. It, it was a mess. Uh, finally left the church or was put out because he moved in with the gal. So they had to put him out of the church. But after some time, after some time, and after these men had wrote letters to him and different things trying to get him to repent and to get right, he'd had enough sin, he'd had enough pain. Pain is a friend to you. If you're miserable, It might be God's trying to get you to come home. When you're in sin, you don't need pain-free living. You need to be miserable. The Spirit grieves in us until we repent. He makes us sorrowful. That's what 2 Corinthians says in chapter 7. Anyway, this man, finally, he contacted one of the men and said, I've had enough. I've been wrong. I'm, I'm... I'm going to move out. Uh, I know I'm wrong. I've blown everything I worked for. He did. He moved out. He got a hold of the small group leader and said, I wonder if I can come back to the small group. Would you have me back? And the guy said, well, I gave him a date. So a couple of weeks out, he says, come on this night, okay? We'll reintroduce it to the group. And on that night, he came back broken. Now it's a single, broken-hearted, divorced man whose kids hated him. They introduced him to the group, but in the meantime, all these men had gotten together and went out and bought him a ring and went out and bought him a brand-new sport coat. So as they reintroduced him to the group, they said, we would like to uh, give you this gift from all of us men and welcome you back to the table. Put the ring on him. Put the coat on him. and said, welcome back now that you decided to leave the far country. Welcome back. Let me ask you, would you ever help us throw a party for a forgiven sinner? If somebody in this church messed up royally and they wanted to repent and come back, would you come to the party? Well, according to Luke 15, the only thing, the only time in the Bible God ever throws a party is when someone in sin comes home and he throws a party. Why don't you join him? You know what's scary about that parable? The elder son never would go to the party because he was the Pharisee. I can't forgive. I won't forgive. How dare you do this to the family? 
dad's in there having a dance with that boy. This is my son who was dead and is alive. And I say to you today, we will always be challenged to forgive. And we must always remind ourselves, this is some of your problem. You don't hardly ever think you've been forgiven because you've been so good. You poor thing. You poor self-righteous blind person. If you only knew how much God signed up to forgive you when he decided to save you. He's forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. So get off of our high horse about other sinners that mess up as much as us and let us offer them the gift of forgiveness if they're willing to return, willing to do it God's way. Father, we thank you that we found in you a forgiving Father. And you paid for all my sins at the cross so you'd be free to forgive. And you don't violate anything about you to forgive. I pray if there's someone here in a bitterness, resentful, they, they keep replaying offenses, hurts. They're kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys. They're never going to bury it. They're never going to let it go. Would you enable them by your strength by the power of the Spirit to let it go, to know that vengeance is yours, not ours, that we leave it to you, we leave it to the cross. We can forgive because we've been forgiven. We can forgive because we want to be like Jesus. Deliver us from our self-righteousness. Deliver us from thinking we've not needed forgiveness we have all needed it and daily need it. Give us humility while we seek to be right, while we seek to do the truth. Give us that humility that comes from the forgiven, seeking God and willing to forgive. Help us to do this life's challenging assignment to be a forgiver as much as God. Oh, help us, Lord. Our hearts are small. We find it difficult. When we've been hurt and injured, we don't want to naturally forgive. But you, Jesus, you teach us. You show us how. You're the model. You're the model. Not a hit man, not a soldier, not a Gentile with a sword, but you. Though reviled, you revile not again but kept entrusting your soul to, to the Father. Help us to do that. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day -day lives that we lead as believers in Christ. It is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's Word as we teach and train and, and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's Word that we might be mutually edified in grace. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 
9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there besides our podcasts. You'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Please consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you're not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then, would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers? It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.